Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. My name is Heather. I'm going to give you some news and views from a West Texans biblical point of view. One you're not going to find in your mainstream media. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. I just got two articles I want to talk to you guys about today. And I've been trying to get this podcast up for a couple days, but... Uh, you know how that goes. There's always something, always something going on. But anyway, give praise to God and thanks to the Lord for always bringing us through. And we just got to keep our faith and trust in Him. And no matter what it comes our way, God always has a plan. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about that plan today. But first, we're going to talk about some of the articles we're going to talk about today. So the number one is prophecy, the accelerating rate of acceleration. That's by Dave Hubley. And that's at raptureready.com. And that was posted on the 13th of May. And the other one I want to talk to you about today is my second all-time favorite, moving up the list, climbing up the ranks, no, I'm just kidding, is uh, Dean Dwyer. And this is from harbingersdaily.com. The rebellion, the rage, and the regret of the nations. We'll talk about that article today. So uh, real quick. So I've been trying to get this thing going and try to get it. So all kinds of stuff has happened. We had really bad, terrible storms like tornadoes. And I was like, um, going to put that podcast up. And I'm like, you know what? I should probably take my dogs and, you know, I should probably go watch the weather. Um, and just to, you know, kind of be apprised of what's going on. So I didn't get that up on, uh, Thursday evening, like I had planned. Of course, Friday had crazy things happening. And then, uh, yesterday, I was like, all right, I'll get this all done. And I had a flat and a big old bolt uh, in my little tire. And of course, you guys know I drive my little Del Sol and they're size 13 tires. And just so you know, not a lot of places carry size 13 tires anymore. And uh, so they're kind of like a specialty tire. And uh, I'm like, great, I don't know what to do. And they couldn't fix it. I took it to one tire shop and they said, well, it's in the side. Uh, so we can't fix it, which is really not in the side. It's in the tread. But, you know, I'm just a girl. What do I know? Yeah. So they're like, well, we can order you a tire. I said, nah, it's all right. And uh, so I got home and I thought, well, I'll put some slime in it, right? So I put a little slime in it. And I still have my dog customers, not to mention the other pay, the other clients that I see. So I'll go across town, go take their to the uh, dog customer. And I was on my way home and I should never have taken the interstate, but you know, my dumb butt. So I jumped on the interstate. I'm like zooming right along and I exited and I turned and I was heading back home and I was probably about three blocks from my house, maybe four. And I heard this and then, you know, of course your boop, 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 flat tire sound, you know? And I thought, oh no. So I get out. I'm like, great. And so, you know, I get the can of fix a flat or like the slime that I'm trying to, is like going in the can. I'm like, what's going on? So I grab my little portable tire uh, uh, inflator, you know, my little compressor, and I, there's no air. And I'm like, what's going on? And so I listen, and air's like this pouring out that gaping hole in my tire. I can't see it, but I can definitely hear the air. I'm like, great. So I'm guessing that bolt uh, broke off uh, when my not so smart self decided to take the interstate. So I should have known better. So anyway, have a car towed home. Uh, but thankfully that afternoon I had called around. They called Discount Tire. Uh, the one I called uh, close to me did not have the tire. But he goes, we're showing to have one in stock at another location. I said, great. So he transfers me on over. And I was talking to the guy. And he said, oh, we just happened to have one in stock. I'm like, are you kidding? He's like, no. So somebody had ordered a trailer tire, a tire for their trailer uh, back in March, but they never went to pick the tire up. 
And so they still had the tires. So thank God they did have one in stock. And so I'll have my car towed on Monday uh, to discount tire. And um, that way they can put that tire on. And I can, of course, order some more tires so that they'll we can replace those and I'll get a spare. Um, so anyway, just to let you know, God always has our back no matter what. It may look bleak. It may look bad. But I remember, thank God, I had roadside assistance on Allstate on my insurance. And so, boom, called them. And they happened to have one. And so, so, you know, God always can turn a bad situation into a testimony of his goodness and graciousness and um, his love for us. And so I thought I'd share that with you guys today. But anyway, let's jump into these articles. So we're going to start with... Um, Accelerating Rate of Acceleration by Dave Hubley, and you can find that at raptureready.com. And this is what I kind of wanted to talk about the other day, but everything kind of crazy and started happening. And I didn't get a chance to. So uh, we're going to give God the glory, and we're going to talk about this article today because who knows? There might have been some reason um, that, you know, maybe the forces against us did not want this to be read. Who knows? So we're going to go with it. Here we go. So uh, there is a type of chart that is used to illustrate the relationship between time and events called an exponential curve. It illustrates this relationship both graphically and numerically and is presented in chart form for easy comparison. And we're going to scroll on down here. I'm going to get down to the convergence here. So the convergence of these two different conditions is also accelerating and they're merging together as well as accelerating in the relationship to the timeline. He goes, pictures, a picture in your mind's eye, a set of railroad tracks uh, that convey the illusion that they are converging in the distance as they appear to be when you are observing them when standing in the center. Hopefully, he says, this will present a picture of the point that he's going to try to make. So in this case, the convergence of the two different conditions is not an illusion and like the railroad tracks these in time events will converge and he says he believes are doing so at an undeniably accelerated pace he says i believe the merging of these events would be more accurately described as a collision the two converging conditions he's referring to are number one the current state of the unbelieving god rejecting world and the consequences it will bring about and number two uh, bible prophecy particularly but certainly not limited to the events described in the book of revelation beginning in chapter 4 verse 1 and beyond so for you bible prophecy buffs out there and you bible readers and you bereans you will know that uh, Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, after that, the church is not mentioned in the book of Revelation uh, until we come back with Christ on white horses. So, anywho, so the current state of the God-rejecting world, so the current state of the world, uh, bears a remarkable resemblance to the book of Daniel, one of the most prophetic books of the Old Testament. Most significant is the world conditions that must exist for the prophecy of the 70 weeks of years to be completed, Daniel 9, verses 24 through 27. This prophecy describes a division of 70 weeks into three sections, seven weeks of years, 62 weeks of years, and one final week of seven years. The first two divisions constitute a total of 69 weeks and have already been fulfilled. Uh, the final week of seven years is to is the time of the tribulation or the time of Jacob's trouble described in the book of Revelation, beginning with chapter 4, verse 1. And folks, that is towards the people of Israel and that is what this is all that's what the entire tribulation is about this is what it's all about it's centered on the Jews and um, Israel so anyway 
The time between the 69th week and the commencement of the final week is not specified, but it can be understood as a period of time from the crucifixion of Jesus and the birth of his church 50 days later until the rising of the ruler who will come. This is the church age or the age of grace in which we currently reside. It has gone on for approximately 2,000 years. This brings us to the New Testament prophecies to complete the understanding of the accelerated rate of prophetic fulfillment. The much read and discussed prophecies of Matthew chapter 24 verses 1 through 25, Mark chapter 13, verses 1 through 23, and Luke chapter 21, verses 7 through 24, describe the things that must take place before the end of the age arrives and address more widespread worldly conditions. These things are occurring daily and are constantly in the news in both secular, occasionally reluctantly, and alternative, frequently and in detail, media venues. One of the most significant prophecies is the degradation of humans on a personal level and can be found in Paul's writing in 2 Timothy verses or chapter 3, verse 1 and 7. The velocity of this downward spiral cannot be ignored and has steadily increased since the 1960s. The result has been a marked rise in rebellion and perverted behavior. He says I, he grew up in the 60s and he can tell you, he says, with no need for exaggeration, the difference between then and now is staggering. If the schools of today would only have to deal with gum chewing and talking in class, it would be cause for celebration. There are, despite aches, pains, and physical degradation, some advantages in advanced years. Perhaps the most valuable is hindsight, he says. The difference in culture, thought, understanding, and activities referred to as entertainment today that I can see over the last 60 or so years of his life, he says, he's 71, uh, says make it clear that the deteriorating rate of society and culture is very real. There are some that will say, quote, I've been hearing this for years, but everything continues on as it always has. You know how that goes. And he goes on to say that is, in fact, a fulfillment of a prophecy made by the Apostle Peter approximately 1,956 years ago. Second Peter verses, or chapter 3, verse 3 says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust. And he says, I can safely say, things are most definitely not continuing along as they always have. He says, not at all. Technology and its exploitation for evil purposes, even over just the last couple of years alone, has made it possible for humans to deceive, control, subjugate other human beings on a massive scale. That brings the current condition in line with what is revealed in the book of Revelation. And then no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name, Revelation thirteen seventeen. And he goes on to say, whatever final form that this total control of humanity takes, it will quite literally occur exactly as described after the Lord has removed the true church from this earth in the pre-tribulation rapture. He says the demise of the current cash-based system and the advent of some form of digital currency that is frantically being pushed toward uh, implementation will be the likely mechanism used to acquire near total control of individuals and countries. He says now to the crux of this article. He says I believe the momentum of the planned takeover was lost in 2016 when the American election did not go according to plan. He says, I believe in those four years, God sounded a final warning to America to repent, but it went unheeded. In fairness to Donald Trump, he did try to turn things around in secular terms, but evil was much too firmly entrenched, and there's now no remedy. That four-year interruption delayed the program of world control, and clearly purveyors of globalism are extremely distressed by it. Now we find ourselves in 2023, and the globalist one-world government cabal recently announced an emergency meeting to accelerate 
its 2030 agenda. Now, why would this need to happen? Why the sudden need to accelerate it? He says he believes that pushback against this evil by both individuals and the leaders of a few countries across the globe is very severe. And the one world globalists are losing the control they thought they had firmly in hand. Truth, reality, and facts are impossible to suppress. As people perceive they are losing their freedoms, that the food shortages are planned, and even the ability to heat their homes is being restricted, pushback is taking on a measure of desperation. The sea and the waves, or people and nations, spoken of by the Lord Jesus in Luke chapter 21, verse 25, are frenetic, determined, and widespread, and they are roaring in defiance. He says he believes drastic measures will be undertaken to quell and or try to control this rebellion. I also believe that this current activity and the attempt to accelerate it is the most substantial indication that the pre-trib rapture of the church must be very near, and I agree. He goes on to say, by bringing about the rapture, God would remove the last bit of control over the advance of evil, the Holy Spirit, and the indwelt Christ worshiping and believing church. Uh, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And that's second. Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 7. He says, take heart my sisters and brothers and pray without ceasing so we can be a part of the fulfillment of this promise by our one and only God. Remember what happened long ago for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I declare the end from the beginning in ancient times from what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and all my good pleasure I will accomplish. Folks, that is Isaiah chapter 46 verses 9 and 10. And so he wants to give you guys a special message. And so he says, for anyone who may read this article and has not trusted in Jesus Christ and therefore has no hope or peace in your life. He says you have, you can have hope. You can have the peace that Jesus has promised to all who have made him their Lord and Savior. The peace that passes understanding. He says it requires that you come before God on his terms. And what are his terms according to his word? Genuine repentance, turning to God instead of continuing to reject or ignore him. Confession of sins, that you are a sinner and acknowledge that to God. That you understand that the wages of sin is death, and that's Romans chapter 6 verse 23. And to acknowledge to God that you are unable to pay that debt. Belief that Jesus Christ paid your death sentence for you on the cross. And to believe that Jesus is the way, the only way that God has established by which humans may be saved from the consequences of their sin and rebellion. He says, God has made it absolutely clear that there is no one who comes before him under his terms that will be refused. No one, no race, no color, no country of origin, regardless of any previous belief system, no one. No matter what your past sins have been, God can and will forgive you because he says he will. Salvation is available to everyone without any exceptions. He says, if you put all your trust for salvation in Jesus and him alone, you can follow that prayer up by simply saying, thank you, Father God, for hearing my prayer and saving me because we can trust him to keep his word. He always has and he always will. Truly, truly, I say to you that he who hears my words and believes the one who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed from death to life. That is John chapter 5 verse 24. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. Folks, once again, uh, you can find that article at raptureready.com. Rapture It's by Dave Hubley. 
And uh, what a wonderful reminder of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the whole reason. It's the whole reason we are all still here, left, waiting for our Lord to take us home or for us to um, uh, go and be with him, whether he takes us in the rapture or, you know, we pass away here on earth beforehand. We will be with him because the Apostle Paul says to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. And so anyway, that is what we're here for is to tell people the good news to tell everybody the good news. So the rebellion, the rage and the regret of the nations. This is by Dean Dwyer. And this was posted on May the 21st of 2023. All right, you guys, let's jump into this article and you can find it at harbingersdaily.com. So as we witness the turmoil in and amongst the nations at the moment, Psalm 2 is one of those passages of scripture which speaks volumes about our world today. And it begins, why do the heathen rage in the people imagine a vain thing? Which is so ironic because that was in um, my reading this morning. So I actually read Psalm 2 this morning. <laughs> Nice. Okay, so the word heathen is an older translation of the Hebrew word goy. If you have ever spoken with a Jewish person, you will hear them refer to Gentiles as goyim. Despite some anti-Semites believing otherwise, this is not intended as an insult because goyim literally means nations. That is why in later translations of the Bible, the translators substituted the word heathen for nations. Sadly, those who have failed to understand this have persecuted the Jewish people because they have taken offense at the term. I recently came across a copy of the Jewish Daily Bulletin published in New York on Tuesday, January the 16th, 1934. A short article reads as follows. And I quote, Max Hershenberg and Moritz Schweischmer, uh, Jewish employees of a Karsru firm, were arrested today by the political police and sent to a concentration camp. Secret police declared that Aryan girls employed by the firm had said, quote, we can no longer stand the Jewish molestation, unquote. Hershenberg is also charged with having insultingly referred to non-Jews as goyim. The word goyim is merely a translation of the Hebrew word for Gentile, unquote. To prove the point, in the New Testament, the corresponding word for goy is ethne, uh, the source of our English word ethnic. It is used in Matthew 28, 19, when Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, or ethne, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Which is ironic, because that was in my reading this morning, too. Hmm. Anyway, so despite being found more than 140 times in the KJV uh, of the Bible throughout the years, heathen has lost its original biblical meaning of not Jewish. Today, people associate the word with being a pagan or an unbeliever. Some go uh, so far as to connect the word with people groups who are barbaric or uncivilized. So perhaps that is another reason the translators of modern English Bibles decided to use the word nations in its place. In Isaiah 49, we see mention of a servant who was to be a light to the Gentiles. In verse 6, we read, Indeed, he says, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. 
the servant would do more than restore Israel to his former glory. He would ultimately serve as an agent of salvation to the Gentiles. The expression of God's desire to reach the nations is seen in verse 1 of Isaiah 49. Listen, O coastlands, to me and take heed, ye peoples from afar. Praise God that this promise was fulfilled as seen in Ephesians 2, verses 11 through 13. Therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So he says, you see in Isaiah 49, we see wonderful themes. God's servant explains his ministry as bringing light in the darkness, verses 1 through 7, in liberty to the captives, verses 8 through 13, and love and hope to the discouraged, 49, 14 through 58. Verse three goes on to say, as we see from the comment or we, as we see what the command referred to in Matthew 28 above, Jesus didn't just limit his grace to the Jews. He wanted to extend God's grace to the Gentiles by ensuring that the truth of God reached all nations. This is important due to the fact that God is the judge of all the, all of the earth and each person must choose to accept or reject his offer of salvation. In the account of Abraham interceding for Sodom, Genesis 18 through 20 or 18, verse 25 confirms the scope of his judgment it says far be it from you to do such a thing as this to slay the righteous with the wicked far be it from you shall not the judge of all the earth do right of course, and in Luke, he says, we read a wonderful account of a man named Simeon. After seeing uh, the Christ child for himself, we read in verses 29 and 32, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. When Jesus begins his Galilean ministry, known as the known as Galilee of the Gentiles, we see fulfillment of Isaiah 9, 1 and 2, uh, when Matthew records in Matthew 4, 14 through 16, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulun in the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. So even though many, both then and now, have accepted the light of the world, there are are countless others who have rejected him john chapter 3 verses 18 and 19 he that believes on him is not condemned but he that believes not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of god and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil how sad that mankind's response to the revelation of god's light has been to ignore it and to continue their evil deeds whatever their reasons for doing so they cannot claim they did not have an opportunity to know him and to receive his gift of salvation this is supported by romans 1 18 through 21 for the wrath of god is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because what may be known of god is manifest in them for god has shown it to them for since the creation of the world his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful. 
but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. He says, fallen men will embrace Mother Nature, the Big Bang Theory, and evolution, gods and goddesses. They have made themselves anything but the Almighty Creator. The world system of salvation is as simple as ABC, anything but Christ. This current age will not roll on indefinitely. Though they remain willfully ignorant to the prophecies of the Bible, it is very clear from Matthew 25 that the nations are soon going to be held to account. When Jesus returns at the end of the tribulation period, he will judge the nations. Matthew chapter 25 verses 31 through 34 read as follows. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats, and he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. But for the nations who reject Christ, verse 41 confirms their fate. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. The very heathen who rage at God throughout the tribulation period will be the very same ones who will express in eternity of regret when they are cast into the lake of fire. Their rage leads to rebellion and the rebellion gives way to regret. If only they would take the advice of the final verse of Psalm 2. Blessed are all those who put their trust in him. That's in Christ. Folks, I'm hoping today that you have put your faith in Christ. I'm hoping today is the day of salvation. And I hope that if you are hearing my voice and you have not accepted Christ as your Savior, that today, today would be the day that you would heed the Holy Spirit and his conviction. Folks, we don't have a lot of time left. We don't. There's not a lot of time left at the rate uh, that Bible prophecy is being fulfilled and at the rate that we see the signs converging to point us to um, the tribulation, folks. We know the rapture happens before that. And I don't know what else I can tell you, but to read your Bible, to heed the words of God, to listen to the warnings that Christ gave you, to accept him now before it's too late. Because folks, when the rapture happens, Yes, it's like those people always said, well, then I'll believe. Well, then I'll believe. I was reading a scripture this morning about a story. And, um, you know, of course, they'll believe then. Oh, sure. It'll be too late. You know, Second Thessalonians tells us, um, I believe it's Second Thessalonians. Anyway, it tells us that, you know, it is too late. The ones that said that would pref- profess, but Christ had given them numerous, numerous times to accept him. And he hardened his heart. They hardened their hearts against Christ. And guess what? He will send them a strong delusion. So much so that they'll believe the deception, they'll believe the lie. And they won't accept Christ. They're going to believe that lie. You've noticed in the news today, it's all, it's all the rage. Unidentified flying objects. <laughs> all these so-called unidentified flying they're demons folks they're demons do i have any doubt that joe bob in the back you know drinking his 40s saw something in the sky i have no doubt he saw something in the sky i'm sure all these folks that are seeing these things in the sky i have no doubt that they are actually seeing something in the sky but is it aliens from another world is it aliens from another planet no these are demons fallen angels uh they are 
part of the deception. And Jesus said that in these times, deception would be so great, so great that if it was so, even the elect would be deceived. That's you and I, folks, that have been saved, blood bought. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Greater is he that lives in us than he that is in the world. Always remember that. But if it were not so, Christ said, it was, it'd be so much deception that if we didn't have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, we would be deceived as well. Folks, if you're still driving in your car wearing a mask, I'm afraid you've been deceived. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you that I saw that today. I saw a little lady wearing a mask driving in her car, and I just felt so bad. I felt so bad for her. I went to the fast food joint. Yes, folks, I had fast food today. I know I shouldn't have, but I did. went to Brahms. If you guys don't have a Brahms near you, I feel so bad for you. <laughs> they only deliver to where they can uh, deliver fresh food to within like, I think it's 24 hours. You had to be 24 hours uh, from Oklahoma. Anyway, um, so I went there and had a little Junior Burger and some fries. And uh, the poor little girl there, she's one of the managers, had her little mask on, you know. And I, I just felt so bad. I felt bad. Folks, it's, um, it's akin to uh, putting up a chain link fence to stop the mosquitoes from coming onto your land. It's just not going to work. Basic biology science tells you that viruses are teeny tiny and um, that's not going to work. But, you know, you had the foul cheese and you have all those people out there and you got to you got to stand so far six feet away and blah, blah, blah. You know, have you ever thought about why they picked that number? Why they picked that number like you had to stand that many feet apart? Well, infrared technology and cell phones and all that good stuff reads things you're six feet away it's easier to read those things anyway they're setting us up folks setting us up and um please don't fall for the deception please don't fall for the deception what what virus or whatever that they send out just remember that we were blood-bought we belong to god we belong to jesus he is our protection he is our great physician and if it's our time to go home god's going to call us home and if it's not our time to go home God is not done with us yet. So remember that. Remember, it is ultimately God who calls us home. They can throw whatever they want to at us. But if God hasn't called your number, if he hadn't said, oh, it's Heather's time to go home, guess what? Heather will still be here. Heather will still be here proclaiming Christ. That's right. <laughs> I hope you guys will as well. But guys, um, I wanted to jump on, read some articles, give you guys some encouragement um, today's the day of salvation. If you haven't accepted Christ, I implore you, please don't wait. You could be struck by a lot and you get to walk out in front of a bus. You could get a virus. You could have a massive heart attack. You could have a stroke. Anything can happen to you. You're not guaranteed anything. You had the Yuval Noah Harari's and we'll be God and we don't need Jesus and all this stuff, folks. That is happening today. You have the new Yuval Noah Harari's and you got the WEF and all that stuff um, declaring, um, that you don't need Jesus, that, you know, they they can take care of all that for you. You know, any geek in the lab, blah, 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 this blasphemous heresy, they, you know, the Bible says that that's what they will do in the end times. You know, they will worship the creation, not the creator. And so, if you have not watched Pastor Billy Crone's latest update, uh, the sermon series on Klaus Schwab, number nine, I implore you, uh, go to getalifemedia.com and getalifemedia.com and check that out. If you have the app, which I do, it's fantastic, it's nice, it's the palm of your hand. You can cast it to your TV if you want to, you know. Anyway, um, you can watch on your app or or 
you can go to rumble.com and you can watch it on rumble but you will not find it on youtube you will find the voodoo series voodoo's vampires and demon worship the rise of demon worship on uh the youtube channel so you might want to go check that out as well it's a wednesday service folks lots of stuff going on and uh we do know we live in evil dark times and things are only going to increase and get darker and more evil and as uh timmy was it uh timothy was it timothy um king james version or is it peter i think it's timothy yeah timothy things will wax worse and worse so things are only going to get worse because evil um you know hates christianity hates the darkness hates the light have you noticed that you have friends that are lost and they're not saved and oh my goodness gracious you try they don't even want to be around you they don't want to it's like oil and water they do not want to be around you and now you know christians are being persecuted more and more because now we're considered hate speech have you noticed that when in all reality we are the only ones who love people we are the only ones who truly love people love uh the trans people that they think they're transgender we love these people we love the homosexuals we love them but you know they're gonna tell us that we hate speech because we tell them that it's a sin and God created male and female and that was it. And there should be one man, one woman. Marriage is between one man and one woman. I mean, that's that's it. That's what the Bible says. And they hate us for that. They hate us for the truth. But they turn that around and tell us that we hate them. What all we want to do is tell them how much God truly loves them and wants to save them. So, you know, but you have the world telling them that, oh, that's okay. Look, little Timmy, we'll cut your, you know, whatever off and we'll make you have a vagina. Yeah. Oh, Jane, you want to be boy? We'll just cut your breasts off and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we'll give you all these hormones, you know, that we won't even give castrated prisoners, you know. We, we won't even chemically castrate pedophiles in prison because, oh, that's too much. But we'll give these to 12-year-old boys. We'll give, folks. This is the world we live in. It's a down, inside out. When they call good, evil, evil, good. Woe to them. Remember? Mm-hmm. Isaiah 5, verse 20, I believe. We are living in those days. And uh, I just, I never thought I'd see these days. I, I just never did. But um, we are here. And uh, we need to speak the truth of Christ. And um, if you guys don't watch Brett Meter at Athe Creek, A-T-H-E-Y Creek, um, catch them on uh, YouTube, catch them at their website. I have it listed on my website, Bible Prophecy and Before Today.com. Please go check them out. Uh, I absolutely love him. I love that church. I love those people there. I don't know them, but I love them. <laughs> and I have signed up for the small group thing, so I'm super excited about that. Um, there's no churches in my area. Um, there's one in pretty close to me in Texas, but not here. I think there's actually one in Lubbock, Texas. I could be wrong. And if that was the case, I'd drive down there. Um, but anyway, guys, um, today's not now. Today's the end days. These are the days that was prophesied by all the prophets of old. Christ Himself told us these days. He prophesied about these days. The Bible is one fourth prophecy. You can't discount that, folks. We are living in the days that Christ said would be right before His return. And, you know, we as Christians look forward to that. We we see the the chaos and everything happening, the evil coming in the world everywhere. And we get excited because we know that Christ is coming before it gets too bad. Or we know he's going to yank us out here. We just, we know. But we don't know when. We're going to be persecuted. We know. We know we're going to go through trials. We'll, go through, we'll always go through trials and tribulations. I mean, as Christians, we do that anyway. But we will be persecuted and everything. But we're not going to be persecuted by God. There's a big difference. The tribulation spoken of is God pouring his wrath out. You know, right now we're just serve, 
you know, man's wrath, you know, Satan's whatever. That's that's how we're being persecuted, not by God. So there's a big difference. But we look forward to that day and we see that everything happening now. We should be excited as Christians. We should be so excited and so overjoyed, even though we are in trials and tribulations right now, we should still be overjoyed. We should be, I mean, because nothing's going to happen to us unless God okays. I always remember Job. I always remember the book of Job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Satan did all that, right? Remember, but God had to okay it. So if you're going through trials, whatever, you know, just know that God has okayed it. Now, you know, we can go through trials as well as Christians and, you know, tribulations because of our sin. Always remember that if you have sin in your life, unrepentant sin, uh, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Repent, acknowledge to Christ, say, I'm sorry, confess your sin and ask for forgiveness. Um, change your ways is what that means. Oh, 360. You know, so, you know, God can use persecution to bring you back to him. You know, because when you sin, you separate yourself from God. Now, you're not not saved. That's not what I mean. But you separate. You can't have that, you know, wonderful, sweet communion with him because you're in sin, especially unrepentant sin. So what you need to do is confess your sin, repent, ask Christ to forgive you. And you'll have that that communication restored, that sweet fellowship with God restored. Now, am I saying that you lose your salvation? No, I absolutely am not saying that you cannot lose your salvation. Once you are saved, you are always saved. Nothing can, the Bible says in John, nothing can snatch you out of my hand. God says nothing can snatch you out of his hand. So, always remember that. I have a cat. I have a little bird feeder on my balcony, and my cat just goes goo-goo for gaga out there for the birds. <laughs> have you ever seen a cat do like, have you ever seen them do that? She's crazy. Anyway, I love my cat, Murph, Murph, you know, the snurfy anyway. So she's out there, goo goo gaga on over the birds. I know I put it, I put it out there so she can have like a little TV to watch of her own, you know, with the birds coming to eat on the feeder. Oh, it's pretty cool. But so you guys, as of June the 14th, I will uh, be working from home. I decided to go ahead and accept that. Um, position with everything that's going on in my current job um, if somebody calls and cancels like I had a cancellation Friday well you know that's three hours that I missed out on my pay and you know of course with my tire and all that stuff that was another four hours that I missed and so you know I'm sitting here thinking wow man you know what let's have dog customers and put all the miles on my car and um, you know my rent is quite expensive and so I thought well you know, I think God has afforded me this opportunity and they held out and waited, you know, another month and a half to get me onboarded. And I thought, you know what? I think um, God has provided this opportunity for me. And um, if I was to be in all honest with you guys, the whole reason I didn't take it is because I was a little nervous. I was like, what if I can't do it? You know, what What if I can't do this? And I kept thinking I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And what I mean by that, because people say you can do all things and they take that verse out of context. What I'm saying is I use this job that God has provided for me to make a living, to make money so that therefore um, I can pay my rent. I can pay podcasting. I can pay, you know, for the Internet service. I can pay from the Web page and all this. I can use that money um to further the king, I can use, I can tithe to my church and I can do things like that. So that's what I mean. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So if you're doing stuff, you know, with whatever you're doing with your life, you commit it to Christ, then that's when he's going to take care of you, you know. And I'm so thankful for that. He takes care of us. Even when 
when we have lost our way. And yeah, I am so thankful for that. His grace and his mercy. You guys have no idea how thankful I am. And I know you guys are, are thankful for that too. But we always got to remember that um, if you screw up, you know what? God's not over going to say, I told you so, you loser. No, God's not saying that at all. God's saying, pick yourself back up. Let's try it again. You know, he's like our, he, he's like the person, not the person, but he's God, which is amazing. You know, and he's always there, always there. And Jesus is the, the friend that sticks closer than a brother. You know, every time I mess up, I'm like, oh, man. But I know Christ is there to comfort me. I cast my burdens on him. And he gives any asking for wisdom. He's going to give you wisdom. The book of James tells us that he's not going to cast you away. He's not going to do anything. like. So asking for wisdom, asking for understanding, read his word. You know, if you're not saved, please, please cry out to Christ right now. There's no, like I said, you can be sitting on your couch eating Cheetos. Okay. You could be driving down the road. You could be like, whatever. You do not have to be in a special place you don't have to nobody has to be there nobody has to lead you to christ you have the holy spirit convicting you right now knocking on your door like hey hey you know you know you need to be saved you know you need to be cleansed you know you've sinned and you're like what are you gonna do carry that with you for the rest of your life forever to hell let me tell you something you don't have to you don't have to today is the day of salvation Admit you're a sinner. Admit you're a sinner. Confess you're a sinner. Know that you need a Savior. Know and believe that God paid your penalty of death on the cross. Believe that God raised him from the dead. Ask him to be your Savior. And you will be saved. That's, 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 I'm telling you, it's the free gift. You can't pay for it. Nothing. Christ already did all that. Christ paid for it already. Guys, today is the day of salvation. Please don't wait another moment, please. I implore you. I beg you. Hell is for eternity. And nope, it's not a big time party in hell, folks. It's not. You'll be cast into the lake of fire and you will be tormented day and night forever and ever. That's just, that's forever, guys. Anyway, um, I'm going to get off of here. <laughs> and, uh, man. Be sure to thank God for everything today. Give him glory. Tell somebody about Christ. All right. Then I'm going to get off here. Get in the word of God. Let the word of God get into you. And Maranatha, Lord Jesus, Maranatha. May God bless each and every one of you as we await the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you all so much for your support. You have no idea how much I appreciate it. May God bless each and every one of you. 